eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's good, everybody? Welcome in another edition of the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com, brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Welcome in. Welcome back. Welcome to the show. I'm Joey Powell, just your host for the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. We're kind of doing this a week ahead of time. You know, during the summer, we actually do every other week, but um, my co-hosts are actually, they're not even my co-hosts. They're the featured acts here. I'm just the, I'm just the opening band. Um, had the idea to come to you guys with an early show because they just got done watching a lot of ball last week. This is the end of the of the second live period of the summer. And I guess, you know, it's the final live period of the summer, but uh, Sean and Sherelle felt like, Hey, let's bring the people what they want to hear. Both of these guys have been watching a lot of ball last week and we want to bring it to you, our listeners, our viewers, our friends, our amigos, our cronies, our homies. We're here for you with me as always. The two guys with the great idea that are bringing us a week early, Sean Moran. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, and I, and I think selfishly, I just wanted to hear from Sherelle uh, more about Peach Jam since I was just following the, the message board thread and getting some tidbits, but I'd say selfishly, I just wanted to hear more from, from him. Well, hey, your personal desires are our listening audience's gain. Sherelle, how you feeling? I'm good. It, it, like I said, it was all Sean's idea, and I'm glad he thought of it because a week from now, all this information is pretty dated, probably. <laughs> so it's good to you know talk about it when, when it's fresh. Well, and appreciate you guys making time to do this a week ahead of time. I hope our, I hope our peeps that are consuming this pod can enjoy it and will appreciate the info that you guys are bringing. All right, so I think the biggest thing that we want to talk about tonight is who acquitted themselves the best this past week during all of the live ball that was going on. There was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, the biggest one of which is the Peach Jam, which we talked about in the last show. It's kind of withstood the test of time, including you know a pandemic and a lot of different changes in how stuff is watched. And Cheryl, this is the first time anybody got to go back to the Peach Jam and be there in person, specifically from inside Carolina. So I'm going to you first. Who acquitted themselves with relation to North Carolina? Who acquitted themselves the best this week uh, in the live ball that you were able to watch? I think me and Sean are going to have the same answer, but it's uh, TJ Power, Thomas Power Jr. Um, 100%. I don't think there's really any question. Uh, he... You know, really about two and a half weeks ago, we, we knew who he was, but we didn't really know, know who he was because North Carolina wasn't recruiting him. 
And during that time, uh, basically since Kansas City, since Sean saw him there, in those two and a half weeks, kind of some kind of light bulb has gone off and um, his confidence is sky high. And I think that's definitely a part of it. And he's playing just tremendous basketball. And what I like about him, and I think what everybody likes about him, is he's not just a scorer shooter. It's easy to see how well he shoots it and assume, you know, oh, he's a specialist and that's what he's going to do. But um, his rebounding numbers are good. His assist numbers are great for someone who's likely to play the four in college. Um, you're getting four four point seven assists per game uh, in the EYBL. That's over 25 games over the last four months. He's averaged almost five assists a game from the four spot. I think that says a lot about how the ball doesn't stick. And uh, we've said it on here at least 92 times since last November. What made North Carolina get going offensively, Sean pointed out, was when Brady Manick started moving the ball and it kind of became contagious. And I think that's what Power is able to do um, from the four spot. So I don't want to take everything because I'm pretty sure that's what Sean's going to say as well. But yeah, I, I mean, he's been he was phenomenal um, down in Augusta. Yeah, and I read the interview that you did with him that is now on the InsideCarolina.com premium message boards. It sounds like this kid's a really unselfish player. The comment that jumped off the page at me or off the screen at me was, I, I want to get some of my other guys some offers, you know, talking about wanting to get some love for some of the other guys on his team. Let, let me add there. I mean, he was not 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think other players who, um, I would say other players may have shut it down at that point, but I think he didn't because he knew the coaches were going to come see him. And if they came and saw him, they would see his teammates. So I think that says a lot about him. I know he's no longer with the program, but I could really see Roy Williams making a lot of Marvin Williams comparisons uh, to a kid that makes a comment like that, especially on the record. Sean, how do you feel like uh, TJ Power may have impressed you or, or solidified his position last week? Yeah, it, it goes to just how quickly things can can change during during these July, per- July live periods and, and why they're so fun to follow. Uh, going back to Kansas City, Friday, you know, Friday night he has the has a huge game, and that was the last day that the UNC staff was was there and thought they were focusing more on Wiltshire because they're playing at the same time. But all of a sudden, the Saturday there's a lot more coaches outside the Indiana's, UVA's, Iowa's that were recruiting him, and now here we are in Peach Jam. And I think the thing as we continue to scroll through the updated thread from Sherelle and Ben. Uh, you kept seeing two coaches, three coaches, four coaches, all putting their attention on TJ Power. So they're they're a little behind uh, some of the other schools, but at the same time, moving very quick and very aggressively. So I think that was really the main thing that caught my eye in terms of new new recruits. And then uh, also for me, one of the questions was how was Wiltshire, Simeon Wiltshire, going to do uh, at Peach Jam? He had one fantastic game in Kansas City against the ABC and TJ Power. Uh, their team is not uh, known for their their defense, but he also had some ups and downs. And I think, um, uh, especially at the beginning of the week, that he he had some phenomenal efforts and and showcased what I think a lot of people believe he can can truly be. Sean, I'm going to go ahead and say that we're going to coin the phrase "you live." That's going to be a thing now. I know it was a, I know it was a, a slip up on your part, but I think we're going to, we're going to make that part of the coast to coast lexicon from here moving forward. Uh, Sherelle, you also got to see Sim Wilshire play last week. You know, we've talked about on this show, wanting to see him kind of put everything together again. He's, he's finally getting healthier. We want to see him put everything together and kind of be that lead dog that he's shown flashes of, you know, prior to some injury issues. Did you feel like he showed that as well? Sean seemed to be kind of high on that. Did, did you see any of that when you were, when you were up close and personal? 
Yeah, first off, how's their event? Not an event called July. <clears throat> we're we're going to look. I'm following the trademark should, after should the show. Trademark it and I'm start following the trademark after live, the show. Live tournament. We're going to replace the old Bob Gibbons and we're going to call it July. That's it. It's <laughs> it's done. Any Anybody that's listening to this that's a patent attorney, get with me real quick. Like, we're going to get in touch with Ben. We're going to make this happen. Everybody's getting paid. All right, go ahead, Cheryl. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wilcher, I mean, he was, he was really good um, for the majority of the week. Uh, his team, City Rocks, uh, they were undefeated through poo play. Um, we saw him, we saw, I think, watched him three or four times. And I think the best thing about him right now is that when he gets going downhill, it's tough to stop because he is a big guard. But more than that, he's just kind of like ferocious, tenacious. It's almost like he's attacking you, like literally. Uh, I remember when Adrian Peterson uh, from uh, Oklahoma and then the Vikings when he played, the way he ran, it was like he was running at you, not away from you. And that's kind of the way Wilcher um, attacks the lane. And uh, he was able to finish lots of spin moves and drives and acrobatic layups. Um, I think that's right now when he's at his best. His jump shot didn't look terrible. Um, the last game they played uh, was uh, Friday night. They were in the quarterfinals and they got beat pretty badly. But uh, he was kind of the bright spot, especially from the perimeter. Hit a couple threes and, and they both looked solid. I think the key for him right now is to continue to just work on that ball handling. There are times where... It gets a little sloppy times where he kind of drives into traffic into three and four, sometimes five defenders and doesn't really have an exit plan. Um, but I mean, he was, he was really good. And I think it's good to see him bounce back because he got, you know, obviously he got hurt the first, I think the first game of the first live period back in April. And it was a pretty severe sprain. And that kind of lingered, I think for, you know, six, eight weeks, whatever it was. I think MBPA, he was finally back to 100%, but he still wasn't quite what we had seen, you know, in the high school season in that first uh, game. And I think what we saw at, <clears throat> excuse me, Peace Jam was more of kind of who, who he can be and definitely more dynamic than what he had showed the last couple of months. All right. Well, I, that's, a, that's a pretty strong update. And I think North Carolina fans are going to love to hear that he's kind of rounding back into form. Uh, quickly, before we move on to who else you looked really good this past week, uh, can you give an update of Sean's two favorite uh, two favorite prep squads, the Night Riders and uh, the Syndicate? How, how, did, how did those two squads look this past week? You know, the Syndicate actually did not qualify <laughs> for 16 and under at, at, uh, at Peace Jam. Night Riders, though, so since we brought it up, um, they, they probably have the best combo, or I would say, one of the best combos in all of high school basketball they have, I, I know we're not supposed to talk about this here, but they have Carlos Boozer's sons, uh, mm -hmm. both in the 2025. And one is probably some people would say the best player in high school basketball, regardless wow. of class. Wow. Um, so it was fun watching them a couple of times. Um, and then their 16 under squad actually has a player that Carolina might look at. Um, I don't want to mess up his name, but I'm pretty sure it's LeBaron Phylon. And he is a uh, 6'4 guard. And so, uh, you know, North Carolina saw him, I think, at least once. So Night Riders actually is is a program uh, with a Y, Riders with a Y, that yeah. North Carolina has watched a couple of times. All right. So for those who haven't picked up on the joke yet, uh, that is not actually confirmed to be Sean Rand's <laughs> two favorite uh, AAU squads. But uh, there's been kind of a running off-the-air joke amongst the three of us and then going back a little further with Sherelle and I about the names of some of these AAU programs. So those are the two that popped off the sheet at me this past week. And I, I felt the need since I've, since I've got the mute button in the microphone, I felt the need to, to drop them in the middle of the show. Uh, <laughs> one more question about this past week, guys, uh, 
who do you feel like maybe if if TJ Power was one, who else that's on North Carolina fans' radar may have been number two? Uh, Sean, I'm gonna go to you first. Uh, can I can I throw it to to Sherelle? Since, you can punt uh, if you want to. I'm tr- I'm trying to show love and let each of you answer a question I, first, but I, you can I punt if you it. want. All right, punt. So I'm going to give two answers. Um, one we actually didn't see because he was in Seal Beach, um, but the feedback and we haven't really talked about this player on uh, the podcast or anything, mm-hmm. but Isaiah Harwell, who mm-hmm. is a point guard mm-hmm. for the Utah prospects on the Adidas circuit, just the feedback on him the last month or so, and he's class of 2025. So long way to go. Yeah. But the feedback on him has been tremendous for some time. Uh, so I think that's probably one. And just looking at the stat lines and kind of uh, asking people who were there and, and they just talked about just how well he played. And I know um, we know North Carolina saw him play a couple of times. So mm-hmm. he's one. Um, and then honestly, I would say, I think Cam Scott had a pretty good week. Um, it doesn't always show in um, the bot score what he does, but um, there was more, a little bit more uh, aggression, I would say uh, from him of, you know, driving to the basket of pulling up and taking shots. Cause there are times when he, I was very unselfish in times Mm -hmm. when he can blend a little bit, but I thought he did a good job, especially as United uh, when they started needing wins and and started to get to crunch time, but he did a good job of uh, taking over games, both scoring wise and defensively. Uh, He had, we watched one game where they were trailing by about 10 with like five minutes left. And it was like, they couldn't get over the hump. And he had, I think three straight possessions with three steals that resulted in, uh, I think seven points because somebody hit, he had an assist on the three. So just got his ability, his length from the wing um, to really smother defender or smother, uh, you know, the opposition, I think was, was key. So I, I really liked what I saw from him on, on both sides, you know, uh, as you look throughout the whole week. It sounds like Cam Scott's kind of evolving into a potential go-to player. Uh, when I think of go-to players, I think of Johnny T-shirt. Um, they're kind of a go-to uh, haberdasher or a go-to supplier of UNC swag uh, right there on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. JohnnyT-shirt.com. I don't know of a time where Johnny T-shirt's ever faded into the background. I don't know of a time where Johnny T-shirt's ever not shown up big on the stat sheet. Uh, Johnny T-shirt right now, uh, pay attention. They've got some new sales running as the summer's starting to wind down, which makes me sick to my stomach to say. But here we are sitting the last week of July. Johnny T-shirt will have the stuff for football season that you're going to want to get, right? Every year, it seems like Nike, since they've gone the Jordan brand, has really had some some amazing like one-off T-shirts or even the coaches' polos some years are just absolute home runs. And plus, if you know anything about Sean and Sherelle, they love having the Jumpman logo. Uh, Johnny T-shirt's going to have that stuff. Go ahead, hit them up. Use the extra 10% you get as a premium Inside Carolina subscriber. You'll be thankful that you did. And more importantly, we'll be thankful that you did. Johnny T-Shirt, locally owned, alumni owned and operated. Uh, We really appreciate their support of this podcast and all of Inside Carolina's great content. Please give them your love because we certainly do. And we appreciate you shopping at Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Quick break, national ads right back coast to coast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. Coast to Coast Podcast coming to you a week early this week. Just want to talk about all of the the final bits of the July period uh, that that we just watched. Um, Sherelle and Sean both got to see some ball last week. So one thing that did come out uh, of this past week was kind of a, you know, UNC staff tipping their hand a little bit. Uh, Sherelle, the staff offered a point guard, uh, 2024 class, Elliot Cotto from Bergen, New Jersey, who will be playing at Link Academy in Branson, Missouri, or Missouri, I guess if you live out there. He'll probably be saying Missouri after he goes there for a little while. Uh, 6'1 point guard, uh, Bergen, Bergen Catholic High School, I believe. Um, 165, kind of a small guy, but definitely a top 10 of the 2024 class. Trill, I don't think we knew that the staff was going was was definitely going to try to get a point guard for this class, but this seems to to counter to contradict that. What what are your thoughts there? It, they were talking to some some point guards in the class. Um, uh, Kado one, Boogie Flan another one, um, but we hadn't seen it go as far as an offer. And all these guys they watched, you know, again dating back to Orlando and then in Indianapolis and Louisville and Kansas City. So they've had plenty of opportunities, and I, I guess it was just more of you know getting a, a that final in-person evaluation before making an offer um you know Cado, he is i would say just listening to what eric bossy said you can check it out um on the story that we wrote it, he's like a, a very true throwback point guard uh something that you don't see anymore almost we, we've talked about it on here before that almost like the the the, the point guard is gone and it's a lead guard which is someone who's capable of both scoring and distributing but uh, Kado can do that, but I think he would prefer to pass. And the w- what's ironic, I guess, about his his offer, I want to caveat by saying I know that Hubert Davis and his staff didn't go down to North Augusta and say, "Oh, we're going to watch this kid for the very first time and decide whether or not we're going to offer." We know they watched him extensively on tape and in person before. Um, but the first game that he played, I mean, his team got destroyed. He was not good. No one on the team was good. They lost by thirty eight, I believe. Um, to a team from Indiana, the Indy Heat, which is funny because uh, I'll go on a rant later, but um, super teams don't work in AAU either. It's just Mm -hmm. every year it's proven over and over and over again. At any rate, um, he didn't play well. And so the next night, um, Sean May was at the game and they were playing CP3. I think Hubert Davis probably didn't want to be um, seen at the CP3 quarter against uh, New Heights Lightning. Mm-hmm. So Sean May watched the game and he was tremendous down the stretch, bringing them back and almost getting a win. They ended up losing by one. Um, but, you know, he can control the pace, pass the ball, he can shoot it. And then his athleticism for his size is absolutely ridiculous. Um, not to, um, you know, dance in hyperbole, but some of the things that he can do at his size are not, uh, they, you just don't see that often. Let's put it that way. Um, so I think that's all that combined is why North Carolina went ahead and, and gave out the offer. And it does prove um, that they want a point guard. Boogie Flynn is another one that um, I don't know when people will hear this, but I think he's going to get an offer from UNC pretty soon. Mm-hmm. That's just a guess. It, I was going to ask because it feels like it's coming. 
Yeah, it, it might not happen, but it, it feels like it, it will. Dylan Harper is another 2024 guard that they watched. Um, there's a 2024 guard who plays for um, Indiana Elite who they have contacted. Uh, they've watched Bishop Boswell in the past. So it just it's more proof that they definitely um, are looking for a point guard in the class. Sean, have you seen any of the point guards from this 24 class? And if so, you know, do you feel like any of these guys are, are head and shoulders? <sighs> Two parts, head and shoulders above the rest and also head and shoulders like are probably going to go to college. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think Tadeau and, and Fland are are in that uh, premier crop or that top tier uh, mm-hmm. for Tadeau. Was able to watch him in Kansas City. And that was, that was those were some of the games where you saw the UNC staff watching and you're wondering, well, are they just filling time in between some of the other games or are they watching – Simeon Wilcher's teammate, Akil Watson for 2023 or Cadeau. Obviously, it was they're they're building that that groundwork, and I'd say definitely fam- most familiar with his game. Uh, he has had a few games in the high school season against Simeon Wilcher, just playing up up in in northern New Jersey. So, and he's been on the radar as kind of a top 10, 20 guy from the from the onset. Uh, once once rankings came out for that that class, and agree with everything Sherelle said that when you you watch him. He's one of the few guys. Uh, the other guy being, I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, but Jackson Shalstead. Uh, he's a point guard going to Oregon. As guys you watch, you're like, oh, that's that's a true point guard. They really know how to run a team, distribute, get into the paint, and play like you're used to seeing a true point guard play. Um, but Boogie Fland is a guy that I definitely want to watch a little bit more of because uh, he was busy with the USA U-17s uh, mm-hmm. during that that first live period, but obviously has uh, the R.J. Davis connections through the high school that that he's at. Uh, but I, I would say those two did watch a lot of Boswell in Kansas City. Solid player, but I, I don't think he'll rise to the level of an of an offer. Uh, but will be interesting just to see how things how things develop. It seems like a lot of these guys who are top 10 players are starting to play up a little bit in, in their summer prep league ball, uh, not prep league, in their summer AAU ball. It seems like they're starting to, to play up a little bit, meaning they're playing a, at an age ahead of themselves with the potential reclass kind of in the back of their mind. And some guys, it's not even the back of their mind. They're making it very obvious that the plan here is to reclass and, and you know get to either you know, the G League or, or Ignite or, or college early. Do you feel like that's a trend or you think that's going to be something that's kind of here to stay? I think it's going to be be here to stay. Uh, and, and I'm surprised it has probably taken taken this this long. Uh, I mean, I think this year in the G League, for example, the G League got Scoot Henderson for two years. Um, so as they're trying to get get players, they're, they're going a little bit younger. And I think uh, especially if you do have a guy that, that is a little bit older, mm-hmm. I think that is, that is going to be something people are pushing for, um, more and more, whether it's colleges, people around them to get to the NBA, whatever it is, I think the, mm-hmm. the influence is going to be significantly stronger. And one of the players I watched at Adidas on Saturday night was, was Ian Jackson. He was the third player in the 2024 class to be offered, uh, by UNC and, Coach Davis and the first player, first player in June, once they were allowed to start communicating, and you're watching him, and here's a guy, best player on his U17 AAU team, uh, playing very efficiently. Score, you know, the game I watched, he probably had around 
around 20. He was also playing on the USA U-17s, which will have a mix of rising juniors and seniors, but he put up some, you know, two 20-point games early on. So I think he would be kind of a natural guy that, hey, what's the point of another high school season when I'm already at the level of guys above me? And then you, got, you have guys that are always a little bit older. And I think, I think it'll become, if you have those top five or 10 guys, there's going to be that outside pressure for them to, to jump in early. So if you are giving offers to five-star players, I think you need to be looking at them really over the class that they're listed in, as well as potentially the class above uh, going forward. Cheryl, what's the long-term implication of that? I realize that's kind of a, a, a large, tricky question, but I think my where I'm trying to get you to go is how does that affect you know, I don't think Hubert Davis has enough of a, a track record yet to figure out what his style is to modify his style to adapt to it. I think he's probably just learning it on the fly. Um, but how do you think that's going to affect just what the what the typical offer situation looks like around college basketball? How is that going to affect um, you know, even just the AAU ball and how guys play? And is it going to totally make scholastic ball, you know, unimportant? No, I think Scholastic will always have a, a place. I think those two June evaluation periods have helped tremendously in getting, you know, high schools the visibility um, that they probably deserve uh, compared to grassroots. So I don't think it'll impact that. I think Sean kind of nailed it in that you're going to have to start offering every player, you know, in that I, I think he's going to eventually get to like top 20 range. You have to start offering them in both classes. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, hey, you know what? You have an offer if you want to come. In 2026, fine. If you want to wait until 2027, we'll take you then too. Um, the issue is going to be that the um, you know the D1 Leadership Council just announced that they're recommending no limits on transfers at all. So which blows my mind, but that's another yeah, topic for another day. Right. So when you start you start mixing all this stuff together, it's just going to make roster building you know very very difficult because. Not only do you not know what class the player that you have committed is coming into, you don't know how long the player who um, committed to you last class and is coming to campus this fall, you don't know how long he's going to be there. It could be a year. Um, He could go to the NBA. He could decide that he doesn't like the turkey that you'll have on Thursday and wants to go somewhere else. And then the guy who stays for three years might say, you know what, well, I'm tired of you too because the chicken on Wednesdays was terrible as well. And so he transfers after three years. And so it's just, there's no way to lock, once all this happens, there's no way to lock anyone really into a roster. So um, I think it's just, it's going to be the coaches are going to have to always have scholarships open. So who is going to hurt is high school seniors um, a ton. Um, and then I think it's going to hurt kind of the, the middle tier prospect because they're never going to be prioritized over top five guys more than likely. And what's going to happen is they're going to uh, commit to a school and then, uh, you know, Johnny number five in the country decides to reclass in late July or August or, you know, in June or whatever. And number 45 kid is already locked in. So what does he do? Because he's not going to be able to play as a freshman now. So he's yep. going to transfer. And so it's just the movement is just going to be crazy. But I think to, you know, answer the question succinctly. I think it's, you have to offer everyone in multiple classes in that top 20 moving forward. And you've got to have premier poultry. Yes. I mean, if what, I'm, yes. what I'm hearing, you can't yes. have subpar chicken and garbage Turkey. It just, it's, that's not going to fly. They're going to be gone. Absolutely. Well, that's see, that's the insight that people come to the show to, to hear and to, 
to appreciate. If you if you walk away with nothing after this podcast, just remember hashtag Premier Poultry. All right, and, ju- and July. And July. Well, July. We don't want to. We don't want to hashtag that because we're actually going to copyright that. Like I said, uh, IP attorneys uh, who are listening to this show hit me up. We're all going to get paid. Um, boys, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, Sean? Uh, yeah, I'll just. In, in terms of Adidas, was able to watch Garner Road 16s, and luckily the the main action was running late, so was off in a side gym, watching those. The, the only two coaches, uh, an assistant from UC Irvine and Cal Poly, so not a a, a big <laughs> a big game, but was able to watch Paul McNeil, who has yeah. been a main topic on the board and uh, in in North Carolina. I only watched the first half, but he didn't have a great one, but you could see the skill level and the potential pretty pretty easily. Um, another player who was on the list that Trill put together at the beginning of the live mm-hmm. period, Rakis Pasmore. I don't know if he gets to the level of a UNC type talent, but uh, in terms of just watching him in AAU was was pretty fun. Uh, the the dunks he was throwing down were, I mean, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous in terms of how quick he was getting off the ground. You uh, better so be throwing alley oops with a name like that. No, nah, he, he was more too fin- easy. Too much he, was, he, was, he was he he was finishing the alley oops uh, left and right. And... I wish our list. I'm sorry. I wish our listeners could hear the side eye that Sherelle just gave me right now. <laughs> like if if you're watching on YouTube, you saw it. But our listeners, like Sherelle, literally could have fractured his own orbital with the side <laughs> eye he just gave me after that dad joke. I'm sorry, Sean. Please continue. All good. The, the only other thing, um, Sherelle was talking about 2025. Isaiah Hartwell did not get to watch him, but another 2025 Koa Pete who 24 seven has been writing about a lot. I mean, he, he like this guy was a upcoming sophomore playing with rising seniors and was the strongest, strongest guy out there and just manhandling people. Uh, so it was fairly entertaining to watch. I highly doubt he stays in the 2025 class. Um, but other than that, it was good just to, to get out and see some of the Adidas games um, after seeing Nike in Kansas city a few weeks ago. Yeah. Sherelle, give me some peach cobbler to go home on. Uh, just rapid fire a, a few players. I thought Boogie Flynn, it was our first time seeing him live and in person. Um, the speed in which he can get the ball up the court is, is pretty crazy. Um, he's only 15 years old, so he's very young for his class. Mm. Uh, great shooting ability, and I think his passing will develop as he has better talent around him. So I, I think he's definitely a, a very strong offer candidate, uh, Drake Powell. I actually didn't get to see it, but he had a really good game um, against Isaiah Evans, I believe. Um, and then he had his season high, or EYBL season high, had 19 points in their final game. So he's definitely showing more offensive ability, offensive ability than he had. Uh, I would also say, you know, we saw Dylan Harper, another probably offer candidate um, from the New York, New Jersey area. And that was the other trend uh, for all the folks who have been wanting North Carolina to get back into New Jersey and New York. Uh, it's pretty clear that Hubert Davis wants to do that. I mean, they are Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it, it's true. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they are they are recruiting that area very hard. Jeff Lebo is kind of the point man on most of those recruitments. And uh, they really are reestablishing North Carolina's bona fides in, in that area. Um, and then. Just the scene at the Peace Jam, man. Hang on. Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing Jeff Lebo showing up, like getting off the train, wearing some Tim's <laughs> and like a, a skull cap and, and, and like a really, really old Anthony Mason Knicks jersey. Just just because that's that's what I picture New York people to be. 
Shout out to Taylor Ripless, by the way. All right, so go ahead, Shrill. <laughs> Heading to the Bronx on the L. Right, right. Um, uh, so, no, Chicago, do they have an L? That, Chicago has an Chicago. L. Yeah, Chicago has an L. They have an A train, right? Take You take it. You take the A train. You'll be in Sugar Hill way up in Harlem. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, the scene of the Peace Jam, I'm, I'm going to get destroyed for that. The scene of the Peace Jam was really um, something because, like I said, there haven't been, you know, full fans in three years. There hasn't been full media in three years. And the facility has just withstood the test of time. Um, they added two gyms, but somehow they just packed more and more people in there every year. When we first started going to this thing, gosh, 20 years ago, 19 years ago, I know, old. Um, it was a big <laughs> deal, but it wasn't it wasn't the social event that it is now. Right. I mean, there the high school players are 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 bigger stars than some NBA players. For example, I, take Jared McCain. He's uh, Duke's commitment in 2023 point guard from uh, California. Dude is an absolute rock star. And I'm not uh, just leave the Duke part, a part of it aside. Um, I think it speaks to the strength of the EYBL. I mean, he was signing autographs like kids were like lining up to like touch him like he was, you know, a member of the Beatles or something. Um, but just that is what that whole week is. And they turned it into, um, you know, it used to be just, you know, four or five days, but they turned it into basically a, a eight or nine day event. And it's just like, you know, what summer league is to the NBA is what Peace Jam is now to college basketball. And so you had all the national reporters and all the big name coaches, except for Bill Self. And you had, <laughs> um, you know, anybody who had any connection to the game wanted to be there. Kenny Smith was there, LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony and Blake Griffin and Russell Westbrook. On and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ben Sherman, um, but <laughs> on and on and on. Um, so it, it's just, it really is funny to see how this, you know, at, at one point, you know, large but still contained event is now this sprawling you know corporate thing that that uh everybody wants to be at well uh, again i i made the joke but folks find out you and the general are going to be in the spot they decide to show up and it becomes a thing right um just just saying boys i appreciate it as always you guys always bring your a game regardless of whether it's the first or second live eval period you guys are always on point. I appreciate it because it makes for such a better show. Plus, nobody tunes in to hear me anyway. Um, guys, I appreciate you. I uh, want to give a special shout-out to John Siegley for producing, Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring. Appreciate everybody listening. Hey, listen, I, I, I say it a thousand times, but if you're consuming this show and you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do so. And drop us a review in, man. We haven't had any reviews lately. I'd love to get a good review. Uh, and if it's a bad review or something you want us to do a little bit better, let me know, let Sherelle know, let Sean know, let Ben know. I mean, we, you know, we're, we want to be accountable. We want to make sure that we're putting out the same top-notch content that you've come to expect from inside Carolina over the years. It's what makes I see the best site of its kind in the world. All right. Well, appreciate y'all being here. Shout out to everybody who makes this show happen. Thanks again for Sean Moran and for Sherelle McMillan. I'm just Joey Powell. We'll talk to y'all next time on the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. Late.